Hello everybody and welcome to the last episode for season two. We officially have seasons, I guess. I guess, yeah, it helps yeah. break it up on it night. It makes us sound more important than we are of, um, you haven't seen that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to asterisk you there, Eric. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's the second, it's the last film episode of season two. We're going to have an epilogue. Yes, yes. A <laughs> <laughs> um, famous epilogue episode. They're, they're like the best episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, I'm joined as always, I'm Eric, I'm joined as always by Chris. Hey everybody. And Chris, we're really pumped. Yeah. We're just, not. We're not. I'll say that now. Just what we all want to sit down and watch on a Sunday morning, a 1940s classical animation film, Fantasia. Walt Disney Pictures presents the 50th anniversary of an all-time animated masterpiece. Fantasia. This fall, you're invited to experience the breathtaking beauty wonderful adventure and the electrifying power of one of the most spectacular entertainment events of all time. It's a motion picture you will never forget. It's the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney's classic Fantasia, a symphony in sight and sound. Yeah, and look, it probably belongs in there. Oh, it definitely belongs in there. we're just not that excited, either of us. Yeah. If this was something like the the Disney Robin Hood, I would be amped. See, on the on the drive here, I was like, maybe we could swap it at the last <laughs> minute. <laughs> I'm more in a Robin Hood mood. Yeah, or Jungle Book, or like something more kind of lively and fun. I yeah. think that's I think that's our issue with this one, mm. is that Fantasia, while it is an absolute masterpiece of uh, filmmaking achievement, especially with animation and things, mm-hmm. it is dry from what I remember. Yeah, look, I, I, I... It's not light and fluffy and fun. No, like, I I mean, all there I knew about it growing up yeah. was the famous um, uh, Mickey and the Wizards. Sorcerer, Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's the one. Yeah, so, because you got that Mickey in the um, Sorcerer's costume got used for a lot of oh, Disney yeah. branding for so long, it, it still con- does. It's iconic as hell. Yeah, right. um, and I remember as a kid seeing that one for some reason and just actually been quite terrified of these unstoppable broomsticks with mm. the water and I, I saw that young and then I never realised that Fantasia included heaps more yes yeah <laughs> a whole bunch of little vignettes yes. yeah so um, I a lot of me is intrigued so I, I'll be happy that I've seen it mm. but right now I'm just not pumped that's, <laughs> Fair that's all um are you, so what are you expecting? Are you expecting kind of... Uh, you said you've seen The Sorcerer's Apprentice short. Are you expecting kind of similar in line with that? Or I guess what I'm kind of trying to get at is, are, are you expecting possibly an overarching kind of theme? or Classical to music all? and animation. Yeah. So my, nothing kind of thematically... My mum to told me to expect to be bored. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she saw, She went and saw it when she was young. Yeah. And I think went in expecting more of a classical Disney thing. And it's... And got... Classical Disney. Yes, okay. So, <laughs> so what I'm expecting. Shorts with um, based around like music and animation hand in hand. And periodically going, ha, oh, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, you know, like you say, from a film point of view, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going in more with like, a, okay, this is more like your other podcast. This is like Criterion Quest. Yeah. We're watching a piece of filmmaking history. Yeah. Versus. Versus we're watching Die Hard. Yeah, <laughs> which is hey, hey, history, come on now. Yeah. but you know, for a different reason, not yes. because it's. Um, well, it, you could argue it like ticks every box that exists. Yeah, pretty much. But, uh, That's why I'm like, I, I'm not seeing an argument. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Top Gun. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, like it's not like artistically genius, but it's But that volleyball scene, man, come on. And the, the, the glistening light. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> the light shimmering off Goose's abs. <laughs> oh, oiled up. Um, so, yeah. No, um, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Basically, I, I don't have a lot more to say than that. I'm, yeah. It's going to be, I brought some, some mid-strength beers, craft yep. beers, so I can drive home, but enjoy this more. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I've already cracked one open. <laughs> yeah, you're onto your Bavarias. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, this is a film I've seen a couple of times, um, have not seen mm. since I was probably about 10 years old. Did I you say. like it when you were 10 years old? Elements of it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, it's not a massive one for me as a kid, but it is one I definitely saw a couple of times as a kid. Yep. There are the strong kind of, I, you know, key moments that still stand out yep. to me, but I, I'm intrigued to see how it goes this time. Like, I, I, like you, I'm not all that enthused, Yeah. but I'm kind of cautiously optimistic, I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> look, I mean, at the end of the day, um, like, Lee, our friend, was telling us, me yesterday to get excited or or she really likes the hippos dancing yeah that's a great one yeah uh, so I don't know about I know that there's animal sort of stuff in it um, mm. so I'm, I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to seeing Saoirse's Apprentice yep a lot again mm-hmm. um, and, um, and and like the real reason this is because they remastered it what in the late 90s didn't they yeah and then uh, there was the sequel that came out Fantasia 2000 that's right so that's another yep. reason why I sort of like grew up and sort of felt like I missed Fantasia twice. Yeah, it's something that's always been aware in the zeitgeist. And like we said earlier, Mickey in the Sorcerer's Apprentice outfit, that is such an iconic image. Yeah. Like, yeah. So and, it deserves and, to be on And growing up with, like, today, it's a different style, but Disney, like, yeah. you know, Disney. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Enough said. Pretty much. Well, on that note, should we jump into it, give it a go, see if we can stay awake and last? <laughs> Let's do that. All right. Well, that was Fantasia. It was. Yes. Yeah, like, it's a pretty impressive piece of work. Yeah, it, it's really amazing, and I think uh, our tones are kind of more chipper than we expected, possibly. <laughs> yeah, look... It's, I mean, it, it is a kid's film in a way because it's, it's harmless. Yeah. But also, it's it's just long. It's more of like, a, it's a work of art before it's a kid's film. Exactly, like, yeah. Which um, is why yeah. I think we, we went in anticipating it to be a slog and yeah. then came out of it being like, oh, no, that was really good. Yeah, just two hours worth mm. of, yeah. Yeah. But we are, we actually are joined by someone for this one Yeah, now. We, we brought him in. We, we wanted him in from the we, start. We pulled in a ringer. <laughs> Thomas, welcome. Thank you. Yes. You've, you found a straggler. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're always going to watch it with us. And, That's right, because uh, I, I deeply love this film. How many times do you reckon you watched it growing up? I would say over 100 because... Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, because when I was growing up, I'd go to my grandmother's house, and it was, this was the token VHS. The one she at had. At her house. So, you know, if you want to watch something. And, <laughs> and actually, it was brilliant because... Um, it's such a nice thing to have on in the background too. It's not a um, full-on bombastic piece of shit cartoon that, that a kid could watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there was probably a little bit of genius to having that one VHS in her house. Mm. Yep, yep. And you can walk away from it and not miss there's, everything. There's not necessarily a strong narrative flow going through it. 
No, just like, in, in terms of like a, yeah, characters yeah. and story and things that you need to connect and stay stay paying attention to and things you've got. Yeah, yeah, it's like, the vignettes. It's not so much for kids anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the I mean it certainly seeded my love for for classical music, but you know it's for the family. Yeah, and yep. I could imagine when it came out, everybody would be dressing up in their in their best, mm. their finest clothes, and mm. going out to the theater. Yeah. Uh, so this is this days is, that would never happen. But. Yeah, it was very much an event film when it first came out. Like it is a very special, unique thing. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> like that's what I was thinking about when I was watching it. I'm like, Disney, obviously, like they're they're a bit of a different company now, but they very they, different, very different company, obviously. But I mean, they still like Pixar is kind of. I think of them as their like little niche flagship, um, in a way, and Disney is the the mother company. Um, but they started off as just like the dominant groundbreaking animation company for a reason. And mm. this is like their passion project is sort of how I sort of watching it. I'm well, like, why, why did they do this? Well, looking I'm at like, it. Oh, sorry. I interrupted. Oh, it's like, why did they do this? I'm like, well, they had superstar animators in a very new field of cinema was still relatively new back then, but, mm. and yeah, just what can we do with music and animation? Well, where would you expect this? Like, to fall in like the line of Disney films like how how deep into it and how much they established do you think at that point uh, yeah like I always forget how how far back yeah, they yeah. go um, I, I'm asking because I literally just yeah I'm up. sure you've got it because <laughs> yeah. was, was Snow White their first feature yes it was yes yeah. it was and that, was this before Snow White no Snow White was 1937 yeah and this was 1940 yeah. same year as Pinocchio uh-huh. so, so it's this super is, early for them this is number three yeah Okay, and what yeah. was after Snow White? Uh, well, yeah, Dumbo, Snow White, Pinocchio, and then, Fantasia, and then Dumbo in 41, Bambi 42. Yeah. And then something called The L- Reluctant Dragon. Okay. Mm. Then, then uh, Sleeping Beauty. But anyway, they... they oh, the Three Caballeros. <laughs> That's a great one. So this was them, just like a bunch of extremely talented animators. Yeah, putting innovation before anything else and saying, what yep. can we do with with cinema and, and, and animation. This yep. is a new art form. How can we expand and build and play with it, essentially? Yeah. Before falling into the formulaic... And, and, like, this sounds like it's a negative, but it's not at all for classic Disney, of formulaic retreading of classic fairy tales and things, hmm. which built them up and things. This yeah, is yeah. them kind of trying to do something different early on. Yes, this was, it was maybe a bit more variety in there. It was special. It was, just, yeah. like we said, it's a special event yeah. kind of thing, so... It is a treat, and uh, I think. I mean, did you want to talk about it in linearly, like uh, just go from from one piece to the next? I think that's probably the best. Yeah, way I think to do in it. terms of talking our way through it, then because we can just address one thing at a time, and then. Because um, as a kid, I always. I mean, we were talking while we were watching the film. There's the the intros, and it's you know, lot you know, people talking yeah. and talking yeah. at length. How do you do? Uh, my name is Deems Taylor. And it's my very pleasant duty to welcome you here on behalf of Walt Disney, Leopold Stokowski, and all the other artists and musicians whose combined talents went into the creation of this new form of entertainment, Fantasia. Yeah. Deems Taylor, the master of ceremonies. Oh, yeah. what a riveting guy he is. I know, that's what's so great, is it's like you have this big operatic like finale of these a great, wonderful animation pieces, then you come back... All right, so our next piece is going to be... <laughs> yeah, it's the, so I'm the charismatic example yeah. of the 1940s. Yeah. We and don't he, want to enter the war. And he, wears, <laughs> <laughs> and he wears his opinions on his sleeves. That man does not like dinosaurs. Now, the name dinosaur comes from two Greek words, 
meaning terrible lizard, and they certainly were all of that. They came in all shapes and sizes, from little crawling horrors about the size of a chicken to hundred-ton nightmares. They were not very bright. Even the biggest of them had only the brain of a pigeon. As a rule, they were vegetarians, rather amiable and easy to get along with. However, there were bullies and gangsters among them. He is terrified of a dinosaur apocalypse. He thinks centaurs are weird. <laughs> He's got a point, though, kind of. Yeah, sexy weird. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that soon. We'll get there. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it opens with a kind of an overture or a tuning, and it's um, beautifully shot. And the, the yeah, you, you brought that up really nicely, because I was the, semi-paying attention. You, yeah, the lighting got... and the colour scheme of what they're doing. And then Tom made the wonderful mm. point... Yeah, that's right. Of of well, how do you how do you move into animation? So if you're starting off with people, uh, live people, three dimensional people, then let's do colors and shadow to put those people into two dimensional space, and then slowly just build into actual animation. So there's yeah. there's a, a real transition. artistic choice in uh, doing it in that way. Yeah, yeah. And like I didn't I didn't pick up on that, but like when you mentioned like oh yeah yeah it's like the just, own, it's the best way to do that. We're just right? subtly sliding across instead of like. Kablamo, here's a cartoon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really artfully done. It, yeah. It's trying to separate itself from the kind of Warner Brothers approach where it's like you're going to have a movie and then right before that there's like... It's like, no, no, this is this is theatre now. Broken the tone immediately, yeah. Yeah, it was a really good entry point. And so which was the first one again? So remind me... It opens with Takata and the Fugue in D minor. Yeah. By... Bach, yes, which is the kind of um, the shapes to initially kind of start. It, it, it that's where it bleeds from shadows of the orchestra oh, yeah. into just kind of shapes and uh, lines and things reacting to the sound of the music, yep, like awesome. the um, the bow strings of the um, the violins. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. To kind of ease you into it, and you, then you're gonna have to remind me with each one. Oh yeah, I feel like that was I feel like that was like. Five hours ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> it is quite long, yeah. yeah. We've only just finished, by the way, everybody, and it honestly feels like almost yesterday that it started. But um, Well, as a kid, would you have been annoyed at the, the slow pace at times, the, the length of it? It's interesting because, oh, look, I wasn't a super restless kid. Mm. Like, I, I definitely played a lot of sport and went outdoors a lot, but if I sat down to watch something, I watched it. So yeah. I think I, I would have actually still probably appreciated it a lot. I think a lot of kids wouldn't i think you're right yeah yeah but it's hard to say like at the end of the day it's still animation and to kids it's it's wonderful it's visually engaging Mm. like it's really i think you you, you might fast forward some bits on a second watch yeah i know um lee was saying she'd fast forward all the talky bits in between and i don't blame her yeah yeah um because as a kid why would you care what the visual construction and audio construction is Mm. well if you Um, compare it to fantasia 2000 which i have not seen which i haven't seen but they put a that one they've done a large focus on trying to uh let's say kidify it oh very much so you know like there's not those sequences that are like let's do a 20 minute uh vignette on the creation of the universe and lead up to the dinosaurs and it's going to be very dramatic and very intense music and not so much for children, I would say. Instead, no. now in Fantasia 2000, we're going to have a flamingo playing with a yo-yo, and it's introduced by Steve Martin. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then they also said, well, that's that's a... Let's do... Uh, that's that film's equivalent of the... The emus the, and the, the yeah. hippos and yeah. the elephants. Um, mm. So we'll have like a, a moment of brevity and some fun. Yeah. yeah. But they never... This 2000 never really got into... Let's do some really intense animation here for the adults. And, and some, yeah, thought-provoking... 
Yeah. Like, yeah, actually. Because you're watching it as an adult, that first one, immediately, you're just like, ooh, I see exactly what they're trying to do straight away. Yes. Like the musical timing with the little subtle, not subtle, but the, the, the beautifully timed violins, animated strokes, mm. the little, like, light flashes. <laughs> I was waiting for you to chime in and be like, oh, I get it, it's like Baby Driver. <laughs> just time to music. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that is for adults because they say like, yeah. Imagine listening to an orchestra, which kids would really do. Yeah, uh, and closing your eyes and and letting shapes and images come into your head. Well, yeah, just I mean, reacting I, when to I go to the orchestra, that's what I do. Yeah, and uh, it's precisely what they're going for. So that 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 intro is kids go like, oh, it's it's cartoons, but really yeah. it's just a thing for the adults and then it yeah. wonderfully transitions into our first kind of anthropomorphized aspects of it with the nutcracker suite mm. which is uh like they introduce they've got like dance the sugar pond fairy um the arabian dance the chinese dance russian dance all of those ones in there with like and it's that's when it starts to bring in creatures and life and color and mm. i mean it, oh, color was in there but <laughs> you know what i'm saying like well playful attitude yes that's what i meant by color yeah. <laughs> like yeah. yes it's for, for kids also. It's for everybody at that yeah, point, right? Yeah. So, so the kids are going, oh, I love the little mushrooms. Heck, they're fun. And that is like a hardcore standout image from me, like as a kid watching it. Like that, that's something that will be burned in your brain forever, like from the, this. The, the mushrooms, because it opens with those, doesn't it? That was no, like, no, it opens with the um the pixies kind oh, of does, coming yeah, out. The of, fairies and yeah. the dancing around. And yeah, well, there you go. That's a good example of the mushrooms, the ones that really stuck in my mind as well. Mm. Um, just because their motion, I think I was saying at the time about how they... Um, instill an inanimate object with motion that still seems kind of I'm like oh yeah that's how mushrooms would move so textbook <laughs> Disney yeah exactly right yeah it's then kind of stuff that they'd started to play with with mm. like you know Snow White and Pinocchio definitely yes and now it's like let's just really amp that rank like you know turn that up to 11 and yep. go for it this is our chance to muck around with it yeah and then they could just use it like Lumiere the candlestick. Yeah, and then that's something that they've kind of continued through with all of their stuff ever since, pretty much. Yep. So, oh, it's, it's cartoons now. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's it. Well, they created. The, yeah. The, the the basic cartoon is a well, that was, an animal that's anthropomorphized. Tangent here, but I was wondering if because I there was I think it was during like the hippo sequence, the hippo and the flim, um the ostriches and things, um because. I mean, we'll probably talk about when we eventually get to that one, but that that's the most kind of car- what we know perceive as cartoony now. That's yes. the closest to that. I had in my head like, is a lot of the Looney Tunes stuff like Barbara of Seville a kind of reaction to Disney doing this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's even yeah. Uh, so in the the sequence, the mythological uh, or the Greek mythology sequence. There's the black. Uh, Pegasus, baby mm-hmm. Pegasus, and he's kind of like yes. the ugly duckling. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, Warner Brothers did exactly that with Daffy as the. Yes, I mean, yes. that's very, right. Yeah, yeah. Very early on for Warner. Yeah, Brothers that's cartoons. a super early one. It's like before even Daffy was really a thing. Mm, it was mm. the first. I think that is like the first one establishing Daffy as a kind of yeah. standout character, not as in like the character he yeah. would become, but yeah. yeah. And there's no dialogue in that sequence, uh, and it's literally like, let's do what Fantasia did. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Warner Brothers style. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I diverted. Sure. No, <laughs> no, back on the Nutcracker Suite. Well, they, they said uh, at the beginning of that that it's you know it wasn't popular. So we said, oh, maybe we'll just try this thing, yes. right? Yeah. And uh, fucking, and that that suite, the Nutcracker Suite, is so well known now. Oh, it's massive. so well known, uh, and it's precisely because of this film. That's insane. The, yeah. 
to think like yeah we were all just like gobsmacked at um, his comment that it wasn't no no one plays this much anymore yeah it's mostly forgotten you're like (laughs) (laughs) everybody knows this (laughs) (laughs) they brought it back 70 years later everybody knows well that just shows the absolute impact that this film had then Mm. it's crazy yeah um, have we got anything else on Nutcracker, or do we just keep kind of following through? It's fairly blank for me, the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> it was really nicely done, but actually fine details are a bit loose. Yes. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're always going to struggle, as you said. That's why I came in. I was just, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess, like, on that, like, it was very much a sit and appreciate sort of one. Um, and then, like, certain moments have definitely stuck in my head from individual ones, but... Um, do you think it's because of the diversity of the mm, shorts that it's... They're shorts. They're, yeah, yeah. And so... And there's not necessarily a fluidity or a kind of, like, connection between them all. Yeah, there's no storyline. Well, they're trying to create a flow like you would yeah. um, a, an orchestral movement. Yes. Through yep. moods, tones... Uh, yeah, don't just play like seven hostile ones and yeah. then finish on four jolly ones or mm. like that. Yeah, yeah actually try and tell a audio story. You can't follow the death of the dinosaurs with something like the Bald Mountain Suite, right? No, you can't just wallow you, you in sadness. You need like a bleak. moment to chill out and laugh. Well, that's what's yeah. interesting. That it is so very carefully curated, I think. Yeah. And it, it's mixing it up as well. Like e- even in the sense of like breaking apart from the animation style of like you said the death of the dinosaurs like to the ball uh the bald mountain not on bald mountain yeah something like that it it's they're mixing it up in terms as well of the actual orchestration like it's not like we'll go from a very brass heavy to a, then a very strings heavy we're mm. not doing like brass brass strings like you know <laughs> fascinating to know if they sat down with the orchestra first and chose the songs mm. yeah I think that would that would be And if they had like a short you know how they because they would have had a few others at least which they would have chosen to cut mm. um they would would they have storyboarded based on a few songs yes. like, okay these oh, are all sure. of them like it would have been fascinating and, and well, to go through their process There were some that came from like the the one that is for the dinosaurs um what is it the Ride of Spring by um Stravinsky mm. it's the original like um Taylor Deems or whatever his name was that guy. Deems Taylor was telling us that uh, it was originally written as a history of nature, but done yep. through as a ballet for tribal dance. So they're going to keep the initial theme and intent, but yep. transition it into something else. So yep. I think it's also like picking pieces that have a strong kind of narrative behind their construction, yeah, possibly. A, yep, more of a story, perhaps. Yeah, so you've got at least a jumping off point to be like, well, this is what was originally intended. How can we then interpret? Yeah, let's move on to the next one. So... What was the next one after Nutcracker Suite? Probably the most famous. Oh, was that Sorcerer's Apprentice, was it? It sure yeah, was. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. So good they put it in Fantasia 2000. Did they? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's so they revisited. Jesus. <laughs> I think that's why I know it so well, because it was on the ads for Fantasia 2000. Okay. So, because that's... Yeah. Hmm. So it's uh, based off of a 1797 German poem. Really? Yep. Okay. <laughs> and using, um, yeah, music by... Paul Dukas, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the image of Mickey dressed as the, the apprentice Yes. Uh, on the, the mountain is, like, probably the most iconic of all Disney images. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from maybe the castle or whatever, but uh, truly magical. Yep. Yep. And that wonderful build of the music, like, yeah. the, how it starts and just builds and builds and builds. Um, has a wonderful little morality tale in there. Yes, yep. 
Yeah. yeah which is probably the benefit of coming from a poem. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, randomly, this was the... This was originally what kind of prompted Fantasia to exist. Uh-huh. This was being created as its own little standalone short. Yeah. Well, that's what started. I was uh, doing this... Um, uh, Sources Apprentice with Mickey Mouse, and I happened to have dinner one night with Stokowski. And Stokowski said, oh, I would love to conduct that for you, you know? Well, that led to not only doing this one little short subject, but it got us involved where I did all of Fantasia, and before I knew it, I ended up spending 400 and some odd thousand dollars getting music with Stokowski. <laughs> and so Roy Disney, uh, Walt's brother, who ran all the finances, was just yep. like... Well, if we're doing this much for this thing, why don't we just... Do heaps. Yeah, because <laughs> there's not much we can do with a short, but if we no. package it with... Everything else. We can, yeah, yep. make other stuff. Because, <laughs> like, how much had Mickey been in by that point? Like, I mean, it's Steamboat Willie was his first appearance. Yeah, it was so. a lot of the, like, old, like you know, the short little animated things. Of that. Had he ever been in... This was his feature debut. Okay, it was, was it? Yep. Yeah. Cool. And it really hasn't been in much else feature-wise, really. He was just kind of... Roger Rabbit? Yeah, Roger Rabbit. Yeah, well, that's it. And that's like, yeah. Yeah, he's a funny one, isn't he? Because he's like such a Disney icon. But But that's the thing, like Disney, it's similar to Bugs Bunny and things. Where it is, I mean, you know, Bugs did get to play basketball with Michael Jordan. but Yeah, which is a great achievement. Not many people got that. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. So, Hmm. like I said, that one, I had seen, not the whole thing in one sitting, but like I'd seen... For some reason, most of it as yeah. a kid. Maybe I had seen the whole thing, but um, the the moment when the the broomsticks multiply mm. and burst through the door, which musically with the timing and the, that beat, beat, beat with the door like almost opening and then bursting open, and then just these unstoppable faceless broomsticks and the unstoppable force that is water. That was just terrifying as a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's fantastic night- imagery. It's yeah. incredible, isn't it? It's nightmarish. Uh, imitated mm. by itchy and scratchy cartoons. Oh, yeah. Uh, Simpsons. Uh, pro- there's probably loads of others. Oh, oh it have to be. Guaranteed. Yeah, look that up. But it's, um, yeah, it, it is, it's such a wonderful piece for Walt to pick, like, as his flagship thing for Mickey. He wanted yeah. to make something to kind of put him really is the flagship for Disney and that's yeah well done yeah (laughs) good (laughs) screw you Oswald the Rat like you're the other one you're on the sideline now yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that guy Mm. um yeah it's just and yeah and like his Mickey's outfit like you said he's just just simple um he's got like the baggy red coat and the blue hat and um yeah like my sister had a stuffed toy for some reason that one don't know where we got it from we've never been to Disneyland as kids (laughs) It just showed up in the house one day. Yeah, we went to Warner Brother Movie World. Mm. I'm pretty sure they don't sell it there. So. <laughs> Someone just sneaks one into the yes. gift shop and puts it there. But mm. um, yeah, she had one of those. So, you know, had that stuff around the house, but never watched the film. But yeah, um, yeah mm. just the way it builds up and stuff is, um, yeah, that really, it's a fantastic short. And it's a good length as well, actually, that one. Yeah, it's, it's nice, short and punchy. Like it, mm. That's what I think is kind of good about these first couple is they're not kind of longer than 10 minutes. They're like yeah. a very short, traditional animated short. Yep. And then well, kind of a few epics after that gets you used mm. to it. And then it's like, well, now we're going to jump into the right of spring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean the, the kids ones, uh, short. Yes. By choice. Yes. I mean, I the only difference is the Greek mythology one is quite long, but yeah. that's, but that really has sections. The hippo one goes on for a bit as well. Yeah, surprisingly it's surprisingly long. Like, the hippo one actually. Oh, it's like yeah. Six minutes. 
Yeah. That's that's not that bad. That's like a Warner Brothers cartoon. True, mm. true. Um, and yeah, the, the Greek mythology one's super long, but it's really just three separate shorts. Three movements. Of, that's right. Yeah. So um, the Rite of Spring followed Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yes, it right? did. Yes. And that was the... Um, the the life for yes the history history of life and yeah that's my favorite one mm. uh, yeah the 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 choice to do something scientific uh, is really I think it just tickles me because I mean with Fantasia two thousand uh, they they did they didn't decide to put anything like that no. in that one mm-hmm. uh, and I think the treasure the, the remarkable thing about this film is they made a really a choice to have let's do mythology let's do uh religious uh real mm. yep. real god stuff with the end um, yep. and also let's do uh, something the listeners tom is doing massive quotation marks doing quotation, <laughs> real, real stuff. well yeah for some people it's real right? yeah yeah yep i think it's not but uh they're also so they're, they're really trying to cover off on everything that's culturally significant to the core of mankind you know like as I say, the religious stuff, there's the mythology stuff, and then there's the scientific stuff. And, but in Fantasia 2000, they don't do that. Any of that stuff. They do the religious stuff. I think there's the last sequence is uh, Noah's Ark. It's, da- oh, it's Donald yeah. Duck. Oh, that's uh, right. It's Donald Duck is yeah. Noah, you know? Mm. Um, so there's the religious stuff in Fantasia 2000. But and even the hippo one is a play on, um, uh, you know, modern ballet. Yeah. Or traditional mm. and modern ballet. Well, like, yeah, at the time, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if ballet's changed that much, to be honest. Like, I mean, I'm assuming there's real true. I mean, no, they all dress up in cats these days. Cats costumes, not real. Traditional ballet, I'll call it traditional <laughs> yeah, yeah. ballet. Yeah, because yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's a it's a play on that. Um, so everything, yeah, is, is a play on something, whether it be a, a theme or a belief or yeah or something. And um, what did you like most about the um, the Rite of Spring one? Like, what is it just the I think this, just the build. You start off with nothing, yep. and it's just darkness. And the the way that it flows so fluidly from one shot to the next, yep. to the next, to the next, and you're all of a sudden looking at galaxies and planets. and So from galaxies to, like, gas to planets yeah. to volcanoes, and then all of a sudden organisms, and then all of a sudden, without me even realising they yeah. were fish. It's so <laughs> fluid. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the animation and the choices of shots and the way that it's just presented is just really remarkable how how you can go from nothing to... I mean, it's the most epic journey. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, like, conceptually. And then it has, like, you that can think of big story of creation. build around the T-Rex sort of um, centerpiece, mm. I guess. Cause that, and that's, yeah, and it's, like, this, some of the most dramatic imagery in the whole film, uh, coupled with probably the most dramatic piece of the whole film. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, I like dinosaurs a lot. Yeah, dinosaurs are great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> despite despite what the MC says about oh, he's them. terrified. Bullies and gangsters. Yeah. <laughs> Is it that he can't handle the majesty of a dinosaur? <laughs> oh, man, imagine if he saw Jurassic Park. That would have been that. Would have broken him. Yep. <laughs> I did notice that he did. He doesn't say dinosaur. He says dinosaur. Dinosaur. <laughs> Similar to like Mr. DNA in Jurassic Park. It's got like <laughs> yes. dinosaur. And sometimes animals that went extinct millions of years ago, like dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> like he really leans on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Random tidbit. <laughs> I'm clutching at straws and dropping clips here, guys. <laughs> like, I gotta find something. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Clever girl. <laughs> Boy, I guess. Yeah. Golf club. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch. Mm. And then does it roll into the 
Then we have the intermission. That's the intermission then. Yep. yep. And then, which is followed by the Meet the Soundtrack, which is yep. like a nice little oh, kind yeah, of playful right. kind of... That's it, it, really it's, good little moments. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of acting as a similar way as in the first part, where it's like mm. easing us back into animation. Yeah, and introducing yeah. sound and vision, at this, like representing each other. Yeah, like, yeah. Remember, this is what you're watching. Yeah. Um, if you're wondering why there's so much music going on. Yeah. Look at these like very obvious like reactions to sound and different like smooth shapes and jarring sort of like pointy like when the cymbal crash happens. Yeah, like um, keep an eye out for this while you watch some sexy centaurs. Yes, and then it moves to sexy mythological Greece. The Pastoral Symphony by Ludwig van Beethoven. Yep. Yes. That's it. Yeah, that's a long one. That it one. is very long. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, but it's very engaging. It is. It yeah. is quite. Yeah. Um, the first part I really like, like the little little clumsy um, Pegasus learning to fly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was just clumsy enough. You know, they didn't lean into it too heavily. It still worked really nicely with the music. It didn't ruin and, and fall away from the music. Mm. They're not going for the Looney Tunes stuff. No. So. Not, not going for that real bumbling style. It's just enough to be a clumsy little... It's cute. Yeah. It's cute. Yes. And it still goes beautifully. And then you've got... it's. Amazing father, sexy Pegasus with black, oh. black, black Pegasus with red eyes. He is a stallion of a Pegasus. Oh, he's a stallion by every <laughs> yeah. definition of the word. Yeah, that little world was was really interesting. And then yeah, it had this whole yeah, the centaur stuff was interesting. Yeah, the sexy centaurs. Sexy, uh, yeah. Yeah, without nipples. Yeah, nipple-free centaurs. Mm. They cover yeah. themselves up just in case. Yeah. I, I just like leaves much to the imagination. <laughs> it just made me think of Dom DeMello, theatrical director from Comedy Bang Bang. Bring out the girls. Get out there in your soldier suit. That's just for daddy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's unnecessarily sexual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a funny one because it's 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 very cool. it's it's coupling off like like we were joking, like the male centaurs are just dude bros from yeah. the frat, local frat house. Yeah. Our version was weird. Of yeah, we were it was, but it's hard not to these days. Like you just look at it and you go, "Yep, you got these girls that's been like dressed by little um, little cherub mm. angel creatures Little and, fawns, uh, or yeah, yeah, like the cupid kind of guys. Yeah, yeah, and then um, and then in come the dude bros and they they pair off and yeah. There's yeah. no mixing of colours. No, mix, like, no, no mixing that. of colours, and then putting the women into servitude things of like feed me grapes, and it's yeah. like it's kind of very Walt Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I mean, look, look. On we, brand. We, we can look at this eighty years into, the, you know. Yeah. This yes, is old, yes. really. But um, yeah, it wasn't like the black centaurs, the coloured centaurs, the, the zebra. Yeah, zebra yeah, yeah. Horse bodies. Yeah, the the upper body torsos of the human body were you know black, and then their horse bodies were zebras, which is like, all right, I don't <laughs> that's know. a choice. Well, that's fine. That, that was a lot of their fine. choices back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind yeah. of fine. Like, it's the African version of a horse, I suppose. I mean, you but... cut to even 20 years after this and they hadn't even, like, <laughs> made... And then you get to Song of the South and things. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they did worse. Yeah, um, the Fantasia is relatively measured, actually. Hey, everyone. Uh, just jumping in here real quick. Uh, it turns out Fantasia isn't actually all that measured. Uh, when I was going through and doing the edit for this episode, I was uh, initially going to kind of truncate or remove this whole segment where we go on a bit of a side tangent about racism in the centaurs, but I ended up doing a little bit more research, and it turns out we were way more on topic than we initially thought. Uh, it turns out the version of Fantasia that we watched, uh, and I'm sure that most of you listening have watched as well, 
is actually an edited version from 1969. Uh, in the original release of the film from 1940, uh, there was actually another centaur that they've since cropped and edited out of the film. Uh, her name was Sunflower, and she was a horribly racist stereotype uh, who was smaller than the other centaurs and was subjugated by them to kind of pamper and prune them and things. And uh, for obvious reasons, she has now been uh, truncated and removed from the film. Uh, if you're intrigued by this at all, uh, there's side-by-side uh, -side comparison videos and things on YouTube. And uh, I did a little bit of looking, and there's a, a plethora of wonderful essays and thesis written on uh, this topic and uh, this kind of racist portrayal in early Disney films by people that are far more enlightened than uh, myself, Eric, or Tom on the subject. So if it's something of interest to you, I would recommend going and uh, having a little bit of a look around and a read of some of those. Uh, but otherwise, we're just going to jump right back into the episode here. We're just nitpicking for the sake we of... We are, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah exactly. The, but also, you know, the, the, the drunk... The drunk. The drunk wino. Yeah, Bacchus, oh. the god of wine. Yes, Bacchus was it. Yes. Oh, he was... He's an absolute treat. Mm -hmm. Oh, he was off his face. And his little unicorn donkey. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah, I like that little touch. He was still, yeah. a, still a unicorn. <laughs> a donkey. But a donkey. Um, is that because Bacchus is an ass? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah, that's, that's some research questions for you. But then they, then they had like brought out like Zeus and things like that with his lightning bolts and Apollo as the sun god. and Yeah. Mm. It's fun. It's got the... the yeah. The silliness for children, and it's got the kind of it's quite meditation true. on on um, like Greek mythology and all that. All it's quite that for adults of the source material, and mm. yeah, so works nicely with the music. Obviously, like yeah. everything does. It's a pl very pleasant sequence. I, I yeah. love the color palette, all the pinks, yeah. and, and like you know the the. Uh, it's a wonderful use pastels. of pastels. Yeah, like, yeah it's, it's just lovely to watch. And it means when they do switch to the thunderstorm in the darkness, it just stands out again. And there Zeus, is that Zeus's transition. color, and and like that really jarring lightning. Lightning mm. bolt um, and stuff. Yeah, transition's really obvious and works really well. And then when the, the sun comes back afterwards, you, you pick it up again. Yeah. Wonderful yeah. stuff. Yeah. What's, what's the next one? The next one is Dance of the Hours, um, which is the hippo. Yeah. Hippo love, and the ostrich. I love and, that one. Yeah. Lee had, like I said, Lee had told me to watch out for that one. And that was just fun. That's yeah. most people's favourite. Yeah, yeah, it's just really... It's really well done. Yeah. And it's really enjoyable. And you, you like I said, you can see their take on traditional ballet not just that but there's also some shots that are really reminiscent of like some Busby Berkeley musicals that were mm -hmm. happening in film at the time yep. so it's like so trying they, to they took traditional ballet and then they introduced film the filmic elements <laughs> yeah. of how that was traditionally displayed on film at the time yes. and then rather than just stage work take yep. it up a notch so it's great yeah just you know, playful and what, fun what, what animals shouldn't be in a ballet let's do that clearly hippos and elephants yep. yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and emus and stuff. I mean, the, I love the emus with their long legs because it's like that's it's what so the ballerina perfect. is all about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it is the favorite I think for most yeah. people. I just love like the hippo jumping to the like the lead um, crocodile or alligator's arms and just squashing him yeah. instead of being like majestically caught. Um, <laughs> like, that like yeah. should, should happen on stage. It um, is the most like we've said the most traditional animated short style thing that we've yeah, seen. Really. Yes, and like the appearance of all the creatures, they definitely had that real um, um, that real old animation style and the style that that video game um, Cuphead borrowed from. Yeah, I mean, like you'd started to get a little by. bit of that by the the previous one with the centaurs and stuff, mm. but, but that was mainly with 
the Pegasus kids and things, but then yes. you look at the adult Pegasus and they're like, they are not traditional. Like, not you know, at all. No, they're back to ball. And even the centaurs don't have that kind of cutesy, doe-eyed look to them. No. It's, yeah. They've got more that um, Cinderella-y kind of look. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of trying to be more realistic. A little bit and, more real, yeah. Yeah. So this goes full cartoony. Yeah. It's fun. And then we end on... Night of the Bald Mountain That's and fun. Ave Maria. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Book of Revelation stuff. Pretty much. Kind of. This is the scary part that I remember as a kid. Yeah. 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 It's good. That's right. Night of Bald Mountain was awesome. Yeah. That was really interesting very different it's got the kind of religious stuff in it but mm-hmm. I think at its core this is what is really great about this one uh, at its core it's really just about darkness and light yep and hope and you know all that sort of stuff which which happens to be like you know you can connect it to religion but um, there's a reason why religion ponders those kinds of things it's mm. like the, yeah the, at the core of humanity it's like you know light has to follow darkness and all that sort of stuff and um yeah it's just such a great way to finish a piece there's not much for kids no nope. and it's just like this is just for the adults like let's yeah we're, we're doing let's this get to some hardcore things here yeah. yeah and it it even though it's seemingly like throwing you into the darkness there at the end like as you mentioned tom while we were watching it the overall arc of what this short is saying is after the darkness there is always light and kind of ending on this nice positive kind of yeah. view of it all yeah that's right it's nice um, so it was not on board mail tomorrow right yes mail just bear with me and there's even more imitation with uh, uh, I think remember Beavis and Butthead to America the the acid the, oh when he like eats the, the cactus peyote, yeah. the peyote dream sequence and there's yeah. all the demons in, in that to the wrong zombie song the white zombie song yeah. Yeah. and they're just like they must have watched that uh, Night on Bald Mountain going like let's just do this but yeah. Beavis and Butthead style yes <laughs> with Rob Zombie <laughs> yes so mm. yeah uh, and you know the lovely lovely and a really great version of Ave Maria yeah mm. that it, it's a, that wonderful thing which makes me wonder if because of this it's because that's kind of a go to funeral song these days if that is because of this, like the you know the lightness in in spite of the dark and the imagery that you presented seems it's just a trail of people walking with lanterns, kind of. Or is that what Ave Maria is about? I don't. I guess yeah, well, that's yeah. I don't know either. Is that so actually like kind of, what the song? Yeah, is about. I, I honestly, we're ignorant. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I never don't speak Latin. Yeah. I don't want to know what it, what no, the lady is saying. Current, you know, like in Shawshank, yeah. where they don't know. Oh, it's that beautiful yeah, moment yeah. where they're all listening to the opera and they don't know what those ladies yes, are singing about. But but it, it's beautiful anyway. Yeah. I have no idea to this day what those two Italian ladies were singing about. Truth is, I don't want to know. Some things are best left unsaid. I like to think they were singing about something so beautiful it can't be expressed in words and makes your heart ache because of it. It's like so, so I don't many, want to know what they're talking about. Yeah. I just want to listen to it. It's yeah. like so many songs when you listen to the lyrics, you're like, oh, it's a sad song. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Yeah, I was enjoying this yeah. until I realised it's about suicide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. So uh, what was your favourites? I would probably go with the Greek mythology one because there is so much of a varied kind of styles of animation and it goes to different places and it's uh, kind of nice... It's kind of got several acts. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 
it's a little bit long, but otherwise, yeah. Either that or the um, the creation of the Earth one. That one's pretty wonderful. Mm. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I honestly really enjoyed the hippo one. I like the parody. I mm-hmm. like the really clever use of the music and the energy that one brought. The yep. other ones and like creativity and stuff was fantastic. But mm-hmm. um, otherwise, actually, um, Night on Bald Mountain, the devil one. It was actually very cool, so ominous, and just worked with the music really, really well. And just a totally different uh, animation style with these skeletal horses rising out of... um, out of these darkened rivers and the the fire shifting into female shapes and things Mm. like that. Um, Those two were... were, I mean, Sorcerer's Apprentice speaks for itself. Yeah, that's... Yeah, they they nailed that one. Like it's famous for a reason. It's got Mickey in it, but also it's executed well. Yeah. We've basically listed all of them as our favourites at this point. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, See, like, it's a solid film. It's an amazing yeah. movie. Yeah. No, none really. I didn't get bored by any one in particular. Then like yeah, they could have left that one out. Or, yeah, like individually they all hold up really well. Mm. I used um, to turn off um, the Ave Maria when I was a kid it's because you're like the yeah. excitement's done now yeah it's pretty nothing much happens in a way yeah it's, 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 it's a nice over. kind of a, like coda or whatever like to kind yes. of like wrap us up and, yeah, yeah in terms of what happens on screen it's just compared to all the action that's happened before it yeah there's not a lot that happens but that's what makes it special mm. well there's not a lot of animation there so for no. a child it's like no I'm done uh, it must be finished yeah um, the credits press mm. pause on that one yeah well on that note of watching it as a kid Eric how do, how do you think you would have reacted it's a mighty good question. Uh, if I was in the right mood, I think I probably could have enjoyed it yep. quite a bit. Whether I could have watched it in one sitting, I think I would have had to have had food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> that, I can see that as a poster quote. <laughs> yeah. You know those days when you're sick as a kid and yeah. you just can't move off the couch because you're genuinely sick and you just watch movies? Like, yeah. I watched yeah. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang because I'd been sick. Yeah. I wouldn't have watched that otherwise. No. It's not, not a good film. No, it's not great. The right. Kid Catcher? I mean, good lord. Yes, exactly. What's um, wrong with you, Roald Dahl? Yeah. <laughs> and um, Ian Fleming. Yeah. God damn it. Um, but I think if that had happened, I'd been trapped on the couch in front of this, I probably would have fond memories of it. Yeah. So it would have been the act of getting through it and having the patience. You needed something um, to prompt you for it, yeah, you would have enjoyed uh, yeah, it. Yeah, but... this is pretty obvious. I, I didn't just sit down and watch bucket loads of films. Yes. So yeah. um, I didn't get bored during them so I think if once again if we'd sat down as a family and watched it ultimately I think I would have appreciated a lot of it but I wouldn't yeah. have gone rushing back to chuck it on again mm. if my grandmother had had it though like she had Land Before Time that's why that was a big one for me oh, that it was one of the few she had so yeah. that's why I used to Land Before Time so many times mm-hmm. yeah similar kind I, of situation I think yeah there was an element of Stockholm Syndrome yes of yes. you watch what's available and yeah. you end up you, you're gonna like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you have to learn to love it. Yeah, yeah. But but in any case, you'd be surprised. I think like there's yeah, the, the, it's hard the, to say with this kind of one. One yeah. of the true achievements is the f- trying to figure out how can we pace this so adults and kids can yes. get a full entertainment off the whole thing. Yep. Um, so you know when you're looking at uh, some of the more quieter moments for adults. It's going to yep. be followed very quickly by... And as a kid, you can sit in front of lovely. things that you can rewatch and they don't go, that was rubbish. So um, you can sit in front of so many things as a kid. I think if, if I had, it probably would have had to be a bit more enforced. Like, I wouldn't have just popped it on by myself. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it would have had Mickey in it. Mm. Very, very hard to reflect on that because yeah, it is, gonna, it's a very unique film. I'm yeah. going to force this down my kid's throat. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they'll probably like it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so if it was forced upon me... Like, <laughs> By food poisoning or yeah. Uncle Tom. Yeah. 
Oh, that's the reason I like broccoli now as an adult. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, well, do you guys want to hear a little bit of uh, trivia? Some uh, yeah. some mm-hmm. facts on this one. Uh, so the film had a budget of two point two eight million dollars back in nineteen forty. So that's a that's lot eight. of money. Yep. It went on to grow seventy six point four million at the U.S. box office. Serious? I don't have the worldwide. That's just the U.S. That's. that's- um, adjusted for inflation, it's the uh, 23rd highest grossing film of all time, making it $1.39 billion. <laughs> oh, take that, Disney. <laughs> yeah. Modern day Disney. Yeah. The Fantasia period. Yeah, that about did it, you know. <laughs> that, but that was a artistic new Artistic success, <laughs> financial failure. You know? Certainly an artistic success. It was a magnificent Well, it, uh, some people would, uh, would question that, too. So... Can we talk about that? Can we talk about yeah. the difference in what Disney does now? Because... Not create art? That's right. Like, <laughs> when Walt was alive, there was such a push and drive for innovation and trying to express some kind of artistic thoughts, some kind of artistic well, is, projects and ideas through animation. Is that what... I, that's, I view that's what Pixar's there for. Pixar's not like that anymore, though, because they're just doing sequels now. So No, but no what, they, they have no. done the originals lately, like Coco, Inside Out. Um, Inside sure. Out was amazing. Yeah. And original and creative. I, I'm um, not a fan of Coco, but that as well is an original, yeah. unique thing. But it's, I think but it's... that was Pixar. You Pixar. don't necessarily have to blame... It's like... Disney is a mega culprit of this, but you can't lay the blame on them. It's just somewhere along the line people in the film industry viewed art equals commodity. It does. Is, yeah. It does. And um, so it's that became the formula, not art equals expression, art equals commodity. And certain studios jumped on that with a vengeance. And Disney once, is a yeah. prime example. Once upon a time, McDonald's was two brothers trying to make good burgers. And then ca- along came Ray Kroc. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, um, most Product most, equals commodity. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and a lot of things um, move in different directions and yeah. um disney just the way it ends up as a corporation yeah they, well, they now they're just rehashing live actions of their old successful films from the 80s and 90s so yeah it's like, and then it's like they have no artistic yeah and then in 20 years time they're gonna reanimate them and do them again like it's just a it's a robust but um i guess you look at it's 80 years down the track and all the original people are dead so it's not as though they yeah. sold out within five years but then people like brad bird come along so you can go like let's put these guys in in the the captain's seat and have them produce the, our films. the interesting thing will be to see is if pixar or another offshoot starts to do more really branch off and do like create continue to do really creative stuff yeah i don't know if they do a fantasia style mm. thing well i, I just mean I, I think it's good like there is a positive element of disney just doing this recycled kind of thing that they're on at the moment because it's forcing people to look for high-quality animation and art from different places, like Studio Ghibli and, yes. like, all these other... Like, you know, forcing... Look outside the box and yeah. gives an audience... A possible audience to innovators and creators from other mediums, not just Disney. Yeah. It's a stagnation. I think yeah. Disney stagnated. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no arguing that, I don't think. Disney. And that's why they're doing what they're doing, which is buying up all other property... Like, other companies, so that they can just have a vault of properties they can cycle and rehash and more of the same yeah well, <laughs> this got really cynical and kind well, of, yeah. No, they, yeah. that's that's what it's about money that's the, yeah like that's where they're at now they're, yeah. they're about money and they're doing a really good job of that so they're ticking their shareholders boxes two two words <laughs> film business yeah um, and <laughs> so, that's it they're not animators striking out to create something like they started off as um they're they're now 
a multinational corporation. Yeah. Um, Theme parks. And yeah. So they're, they're <laughs> television. Bigger than that. Yeah. The interesting thing will be to see if other studios um, that get bigger and bigger. Well, um, it would be interesting to see if Disney decide to take a swing and do something like this again. That yes, would be the hope. That would be interesting. Yeah. Or if or if Pixar continued to or do something very different, or yeah. just continue to do original stuff like Coco oh was my, original. Oh like my god! Do you, did you hear who they've their next one? It's like a musical or something, and they've hired Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross to do the music. I did hear that. <laughs> I'm like, yes. What? So that's it. Like they're like okay. Nine Inch Nails are scoring the yeah. new Pixar film. Yeah. So I think Pixar is the chance for creativity. Yeah. They do original stuff. Um, I mean. And as yeah. well, like, Disney Disney my, has my, done some interesting animation, like Moana and Frozen and things. They're good films, still. Yep. Sure. <laughs> no, they are, they yeah. are. But they've never reached the heights of Fantasia uh, or... or uh, I think you could argue you know, that... The Lion King and all that sort of well, stuff. When you, when you put those two in the same sentence, The Lion King was 50 Hamlet. years after Fantasia. Sure. And you could argue it was fantastic. So and it's, it's also just a, a rehash of, of a pre-existing story. Yeah, <laughs> like so it's, sure. it's more just the gaps. Like, when will their next line yeah. come along? Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's an interesting... But the point is is that they were taking risks. They had to take risks with the Lion King and, yeah. um, and Beauty and the Beast because they were doing fine. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they took a slightly different direction and it worked really well. And so th- right now and they can tread And then it started water. to falter again when with things like... Hump, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yep, Milan as well. Anastasia was that another one? No, no, that was DreamWorks. Yeah. DreamWorks. yeah. Okay. So they'll, they'll have to... I mean, they can keep retreading, but they'll have to get creative at some point. Hmm. Um, theoretically. They'll continue to make money. It's just how much money they want to make and how to keep people on board. Like, yeah. There's only so many Star Wars movies you can make. Yeah. Like, you can keep just churning them out, but... And Marvel. And Marvel movies and yep. things. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it, it's a very interesting conversation. Because, yeah, they, yeah. they're clearly, like, built off. And, like, you look at Toy Story in 95, and, and a lot, most of the Pixar stuff after that is just incredible. Yeah. Um, so that you can look on as the, the new age fantasy. You're like, okay, where will the next one come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time will They've tell. got the resources <laughs> to do amazing things. You just hope that they'll do that. They, yeah. they need a... Uh, they need... A sub studio that they can experiment with. They used to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. What was this? They need like the the oh, the only one that's coming like, to mind is like you've got DC Comics and then you've got Vertigo. Yeah, <laughs> like you know they an need, offshoot yeah. they just to need do your weirder like more. a think tank to just experiment. Yeah. Well, that's what Pixar was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then it's just done so well. It's um, it became too big for its own indie nicheness, and then yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then yeah. I guess, unless you guys got anything else, it'll probably wrap us up for Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all the films for season two. Yeah, they're done. Yeah. So we're going to have have our epilogue. Yeah, so we'll be back in a fortnight's time to kind of break down and go through and announce the list of films for season three. Uh, I'm very excited to yep. pick some for this. And we reflect a little bit on this season as well. Yeah, look back at some of the ones that have kind of made lasting impressions on Eric. Mm. And yeah. Yep. See what's what. But, uh, Tom, thanks for joining us for this one. Yeah, thank thanks you. for helping out. That was great. Thank you for having me. I think we would have been absolutely lost without what? you, so thank <laughs> you. Remember that one with the hippos? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> they danced. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a good choice to have it. You need to have seen it, I yeah. think. It's yes, such an important exactly movie. Right. Yeah. In yeah. there for it a reason. It's hard to talk about. Mm. Yep. But um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And I guess tune in in a fortnight's time uh, when we reveal what will be happening for season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this week's episode, I'm Chris. I'm Eric. I'm Tom. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. See you next time.
Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.